I want you to walk together. Mm -hmm. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it was love at first sight, and I'm in. I don't know what y'all are doing or where you're going, but I'm in. <laughs> and each step, I just feel more and more connected. So this is another step. So uh, five minutes about me. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if I've ever said anything in five minutes. Um, my mother said I started talking at nine months and I never stopped. <laughs> Still talking. Um, so, yes, I was born into a Pentecostal, not charismatic, but Pentecostal. They'll tell you there's a difference. I don't think so, but anyway. Uh, Pentecostal family, my grandmother was a minister in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And she was one of what they called the faith healers. I was the oldest granddaughter of five grandchildren, and so she would take me with her on her revivals. So I grew up knowing about the Holy Spirit, knowing about speaking in tongues, all of this, and every time Memo preached, you got saved. It's like, I don't know. Let me just go. I mean, hellfire brimstone. Now, when she was not in the pulpit, she was my memo. But when she was in the pulpit, it's like, yes, I would have been saved. Yeah, just whatever it takes. So, so that was Memo, and in that, I have come to so honor what she taught me. Yes, it was about God and, and prayer. She would have me come up and pray for people. She would say, Paula, I mean, I was little. I was like, maybe not Nova's age, but like Sparrow, I was that age. She'd say, come on, we're going to pray for somebody. And then we'd get healed because the healing anointing was there, not because I prayed or remember prayed. <laughs> and she also taught me to love everyone where they were. Now, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, Women preachers were not a thing. They didn't get to preach, especially in the established churches. So anywhere they'd open the door, she'd walk in. So consequently, I got to experience a lot of different types of churches. I got to experience black churches. I got to experience Hispanic churches. I got to experience a lot of different churches. And I just thought that's what you did. I was a little kid. Like, oh, this is normal. This is what we're supposed to do, right? Well, that's true. It is what we're supposed to do. So that's a little bit about me. I went off the deep end. My grandmother passed away, and I got crazy and went wild. And lots of stories there, but we won't go into it. Uh, we can. I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. We can. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I'm going to talk to you guys some, about prayer today. You guys should have a uh, handout, and I'm looking for mine. I'm like, oh, so, it's on my computer. Go into your app. And click on the bottom, um, just in the app on the bottom toolbar, you'll see media. Uh, click media and then click uh, notes. You'll see the um, unified gathering notes there. So I want to talk to you today. And guys, I am so sorry, but my allergies are bothering me. I don't think I have one Kleenex with me. They're all in my car. Thank you. So, I want to talk to you a little bit, and I am a preacher. I, Raymond just picked that up in the spirit. I did not tell her that, but I am more a preacher than a teacher. So, just bear with me when I preach a little bit, but I'll teach. <laughs> I'll teach and preach. How's that? Um, so, we're going to talk about kingdom prayer. What is the difference? What is kingdom prayer? Anybody? Anybody? Can they talk to me? Can they talk to me? Um, yeah, they can unmute if you want to. Praise the God's ringing 
Prank, so, so Ryan, I got a whole roll of toilet paper, praise God, it's COVID. <laughs> we, we would all pay good money for that three months ago, right? <laughs> oh, sorry, <baby. laughs> Can I keep this? You can keep this. Yeah, uh, so great, Ryan. Say that again, Ryan. Right? Yes. Okay. What is what is kingdom prayer? Um, it's it's praying that that Christ and God would reign and rule as on earth. So praying that God that Christ would reign and rule on earth as in heaven. Right? Does everybody agree? Yes. Anybody disagree? No. Okay. Good. If you do, <laughs> we'll pray for you. Get saved afterwards. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Um. So. What about warfare prayer? Anybody got anything on warfare prayer? I know somebody does. Somebody say something. Oh, I have a good Taylor? I would say just um I just coming against the enemy. Uh well I do I speak in tongues. So I just I know like that's a heavenly language that like confuses what the evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Trying to like you coming against the enemy. So Taylor's saying what I hear Taylor saying is she prays in tongues, so the enemy can't interpret that, and that's a pretty good. I like that. That is warfare prayer. So I was part of something called the Spiritual Warfare Network <laughs> with Peter Wagner. Somebody, not, some of you may know who that is, but anyway, there was a whole group there. Can look it up. That's the beauty of things. We can look it up now. You don't have to have all these explanations. So, um, the Spiritual Warfare Network, and we did spiritual warfare. And um, <laughs> when when I heard about that, I was like, oh, that's my, that's my people. That's who I am. Because I fought in school. I mean, I literally fist fought. I, <laughs> sorry, but, you know, don't, don't, I mean, I would not try to find a fight, but if you picked on me, I was going to fight back. I mean, I was just like, no, I'm not taking that. I'm, no. And, and then I had to take up for my sister and everything because I was the oldest. So I was, I was born a warrior. I would say that every one of you in this room, if every one of you on the screen or listening or whatever you're doing, you're a warrior. Now, you may not be a warrior where you want to pick up a sword because I love swords, I love guns, I love war movies. <laughs> I mean, do not give me a, a love, you know, love story. I'm, no way. You know, give me a good war scene, and I am in. I am in. I mean, I just watched Equalizer 2 last night. I was like, Kellen, Kellen. <laughs> and I do. I do. I do. So, be that, and I might kill the bad guy, of course. But, um, so that's just in me. But there's some of you who are warriors of love. You're warriors in the marketplace. You're warriors in the worship place. You're warriors as a teacher. You are a warrior. It may not look like my war, and I don't want it to because God created you, and he gave you an identity to be a warrior for his purpose and for his kingdom. So once you begin to understand that identity, then you come up to the place where you're in the kingdom. You're looking at things in the kingdom realm. You're hearing things in the kingdom realm. You're seeing things in the kingdom realm. Therefore, you begin to pray in the kingdom. Now, I have been to a lot of prayer meetings, a lot of prayer calls, a lot of prayer stuff. And praying for Aunt Sally, although Aunt Sally does need prayer, 
<laughs> is probably not as strategic as other things are. Not saying it's it's not. It may be in that moment. But what we want to do is hear, what's the bigger picture? What's the bigger picture for Revival Way? What's the bigger picture for Taylor and her destiny? What's the bigger picture for Courtney and her destiny? That's what we want to pray into. Because the circumstances are just that. They're circumstances. And we can get bogged down in the circumstances. And that's what I call a carnal prayer. Or we can come up higher and look at the kingdom. What is the Lord saying about this? What does the Lord say about you? And I guarantee you it's good. So one of my favorite scriptures of all times is, seven, is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. Now, I still read stuff in the King Jimmy. I know it's not like the best one. But I also love the Passion Translation. Y'all, I have to tell you this. I just cracked up. I saw the Southern Redneck. And I am kind of a Southern Redneck, so I can say that. I was born from, you know, they're all in my family. Um, he's got all this stuff on his truck, and one big sign on the back of his truck said, the King James is the only correct Bible. <laughs> Woo, hate to get into discussion with him. Anyway, uh, but I did read King James, so I just had to tell you all that. I just laughed. I was driving somewhere, and I laughed for 20 miles. <laughs> So I'm going to read it in King James, and then I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. And honestly, the Passion Translation is my favorite. Oh, Love it. Sorry? It's Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Remember that word, everybody. I don't, who am I? Oh, here I'm looking at y'all. I keep turning around yeah, in the back of my head. Right I'm looking at y'all here. Okay. So, carnal, remember that word. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, remember this part, into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We're going to break that apart in a minute. I just want to read the tra Passion Translation. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. Using manipulation, and say that again, manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. That's the carnal part we're talking about, right? The manipulation, that's the carnal part. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow to the obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. So what's the difference between praying a prayer? Have you ever, how many of you ever prayed prayers and you're like, that didn't go anywhere? <laughs> I mean, we all have. Like, I don't even know why I wasted my breath. There's another thing, too. So um, I don't know at what point, probably when I came 
part of the spiritual warfare network. No, it was before that because my grandmother could pray for hours, and I'd sit there and think, "Are we done yet?" <laughs> so somebody said, "Oh, you need to pray an hour." So okay. Oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Oh God, it's only been five minutes. What am I gonna do? So I would push through an hour. Now I did get to a place where an hour would happen quicker, but I'm just saying, don't don't get into my idea of how you should pray. Ask the Lord how you should pray, how you should pray, when you should pray, where you should pray. I like Smith Wigglesworth, what he said. Somebody said, oh, Brother Wigglesworth, and he was a healer in the 1900s, I think. Anyway, look him up. Um, he, they said, oh, how long do you pray every day, Brother Wigglesworth? You know, and they're probably thinking he's going to say, oh, five hours. And he said, uh, five minutes. But I don't go five minutes without praying. I like that. I like that. I also like sometimes when you spend longer, but I like that too. You're in constant communication with God. You're constantly letting the Holy Spirit guide you as to how to pray. And you walk into a restaurant or into a store and you see someone and the Lord says, go up to them and say X, Y, and Z. And you do and they look at you and start crying. And it's because you've been in that constant communication with Holy Spirit. You've been in that kingdom realm of prayer. And you're hearing every step of the way. And it changes lives. And you know why it changes lives? Because you take the presence with you. You don't, you don't go to the Lord to pray for that 10 minutes or 10 hours. And then expect to get up and walk out and do nothing. You take that presence with you every step of the way. That's the difference in kingdom prayer. That's what kingdom praying is about. Because it's his presence that changes things. He says, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men to me. And you can see how he'll do that over and over again. <clears throat> so, not carnal, not in our mind. Not in our manipulation. Um, we're not going to go into it now, but there is there are manipulative type prayers. I think Taylor needs to give me her brand new car. I'm going to start praying for that brand new car. It's car manipulative. Just saying. I know y'all. None of y'all do that. I know. I'm sure. Nope. 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 Not anyone. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> casting down arguments in verse 5 and every high thing. I think I'm a failure. I think everything that I've done in my life was for nothing. I can't do anything. I'll never, ever, ever be what God wants me to be. Is that kingdom? No. Of course not it's not kingdom. Of course it's not. So you pull down those things and you say, Lord, I'm choosing to lay it down because I don't really know. I don't really know how to handle this situation in my life. I don't know what to do about it. I keep failing over and over and over again. So I must be a failure. As long as you're thinking that, because that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to fail. He wants everything that you do to be for nothing. He wants you to think that God is 
not there for you, that he's never there for you, and he's never going to be. Well, he's a liar from the bottomless bits of hell. He's a liar. And we need to take our place in the kingdom realm and stand up and tell him that. Oh, no, you don't. I mean, I've been in my house by myself, and the enemy would start telling me all this stuff. Your kids are going to this, and your kids are, when they touch your kids and those that you love, boy, it'll rile you up. You'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you don't. No, you don't. I'll say, I'll tell you one thing, Slewfoot. That was for my memo, y'all can use that. Slewfoot, I tell you one thing. Yeah, Slewfoot. That was the devil's name. Isn't that cool? I like that. Slewfoot. I tell you what, you think you're going to take my kids. You think you're going to take my grandchildren. You think that because my granddaughter thinks she's a boy, and she does, and her husband thinks he's a girl, and she does, that all is lost. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. You think I'm going to stop? You think I'm going to shut my mouth? Let me tell you what I'm going to do. And you can preach the devil sermon. <laughs> he'll get out. You know why? Because he doesn't like to hear it. He doesn't want the presence. He doesn't want the truth. And the truth is, God said that we're his children, that his kingdom can come and will come in our lives and in every situation that we touch when we believe that. That's the truth. Bluefoot, you have had it. We demolish every deceptive fantasy. The enemy that we have is a preternatural enemy. That means he's not supernatural like our God is. And we kind of give him that, don't we? I've given him that before. Oh, you know, the devil did it and it's terrible. You know, woe is me. He is not. He is not supernatural. He does not have the authority that our God has. And it's time that we, as the body of Christ, start standing up and taking what's rightfully ours, which is our place, our identity in this kingdom. So so I'm going to skip on down. I'll probably come back to this. But the definition of warfare is fighting, struggle, conflict, Discord, strife. Strife. I've been a striver. I've, I've striven. I know that's not a word, Chad. Don't judge me, Chad. I know that's not a word. Chad's the wordsmith. But I've striven. I know I've striven. I'll we'll just make it up. I've been striven. I'm a striver. I have strife. You know why? Because I'm a producer. I like to see things happen. Let's just get it on. I can go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. What I'm learning. In the kingdom realm is my pushing to make something happen maybe out of God's time. So again, casting down imaginations, pulling down what we think is right, what our timing seems to be, and getting into his timing. That's not my phone. That's okay. I just didn't want somebody to miss something. That might be somebody calling me, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So pulling down, again, the thoughts that we have about what the situation is and going to him. Oh, striving. Striving. I'm striving. I've been striving. Wait, what did I say? Striven. I've been striven. That's right. I've been striven. Thank you. See, I'm a little bit older. I'm a lot older than most of y'all. So y'all have to help me. That's why I need you. <laughs> I know, right, Nova? 
And striving promotes what? Pride. And pride promotes striving. I know more and I know better than even what you're saying, Lord. I'm just going to leave that one out there. Nobody has to say amen. You don't have to. It's okay. So how do we bring heaven to earth? Anybody. Y'all can unmute yourselves. I'm looking at y'all now. Y'all can unmute yourselves. There's a whole group there. I bet somebody knows. How do you bring heaven to earth? Anybody? Worship. Worship? Who said worship? Worship? Okay. One point, Atlanta. Oh, yep. Atlanta won. Come on, guys. Show up. <laughs> Anybody else? How do you bring heaven to earth? Prayer? Decree? Decree? Oh, here we go. LA. Uh, oh, LA's coming in. LA. Declaring. Declaring. Declaring your prayers. Declaring your prayers. Yeah. One point. LA. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think impedes us from bringing heaven to earth? Not knowing the will of God. Not knowing the will of God. Not opening our mouth. Not opening our mouth. Lack of faith. Yeah. Who? What? Lack of faith. Lack of faith. Yes. Yes. Lack of faith. So there are no right or wrong answers. Just want you to know. Nobody wins. Everybody wins. No right or wrong answers. So all of that is correct. The most, I think. Uh, prevalent thing that keeps us from seeing heaven on earth and everything that we do from taking the presence with us is us. We get in the way. Our thoughts, our imaginations, our will, our design, what we want to do, that gets in the way. So how many of you think you're a warrior? Raise your hand. Let me see. Okay. Everybody, everybody think you're a warrior? Nope. I got one on the sofa here. I like joy. One here. <laughs> I like joy. Yeah, joy. One little hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Get your hand up. There you go. Step into that idea. Just haven't touched the right button, I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, 
we that's why we need to get ourselves out of the way. How do we do that? We discover what our identity is. When you step into a room, when you step into a situation, when you step into circumstances and you know who you are, you know what God called you to do, you know what God called you to be, you know where you're going with God, there's no foe, nothing can stand against you. Nothing can stand against you. Um, and that's where we talk about the, the God nature and the sin nature. The sin nature says, I know more, I know better, I'm eating from the tree of knowledge, because I got this. I got this. And I've done that more times than I want to admit. And I've done that even when I didn't think I was doing that, but somebody was nice enough to tell me that. You got cried. <laughs> the first person that started training me in intercession, she said, first thing she said was, you got cried, you need to fix it. And she walked away, and I'm like, what? I do? No, I don't have five. But I did. I do. And then she told me, I, I, I needed, um, oh, what was it she said? Uh, what's the false humility? She said, you've got false humility. I was like, gee, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. But she was right. I did. And any time that someone says that to you, don't just dismiss it. There may only be this much, this much, guys, this much truth in it. But there could be some truth in it. Just last week, I was reading a verse in the Bible, and I thought, oh, that will be so good for so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lord said, and what about you? <laughs> what about you? Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't just last week. He's been telling me that for a long, long time, but he just brought it up again last week, so I needed a refresher course. There you go. So I'm just saying that we have to fix us. Yeah. You know? And as we're allowing God to strip away all that stuff, and tell me tell me on my time because I want to make sure we do some activation. You want to finish my six. So like oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm good. Ooh, good. I got more stories. Um, <laughs> as, we, as we strip away our own flesh, our own stuff, then more of him. John said, I want less of him. I mean, less of me and more of him. Less of me and more of him. Actually, the way I think he said it is more of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. That's kingdom. The familiar spirit, there's there's this thing called familiar spirit. I'm probably going to do a whole teaching on familiar spirits. They, we, I don't think we really understand that. I don't think we get it. I, I'm, I'm learning, but I'm learning it more and more like, oh, that's a familiar spirit. It's like if Courtney is on her victim thing and she's feeling all victim and I'm like oh yeah oh yeah you're right that's so bad oh girl yeah you, you need to feel bad for yourself you need to that is so wrong and then I start feeling the victim so there's something in me 
that's connecting with what's going on with Courtney, and we just get in it together and just wallow around it. Just wallow in that victim for a while, you know? Woo! We love, oh, this, I'm so glad God brought this to us. God didn't bring that to us. That came right from our carnal nature, that sin nature, that came right from our vain imaginations, that I need that. No, you don't. No, you don't. We don't need that. We need Jesus. <laughs> so I ran into this the other day, and someone had given me this last verse years and years ago. So when someone gives you something prophetically, and you know that it was something prophetic that he gave or she gave to you, and it doesn't come to pass like next week, well, that must not be God. I will die, and nothing's happened. Nothing what that woman said to me, what that man said to me happened. You hold on to it, and you pray into it, and you ask God over and over again, you know, is this that? Is this that? I just want to say that as a kind of side note. Because this was given to me years and years ago, this last verse in Habakkuk. So Habakkuk, one, two, uh, one, chapter one, verse two and four, and chapter three, verses two, seventeen through nineteen. Habakkuk was talking about all the plundering and violence and strife and contention. And he was saying that the law was powerless, that justice never goes forward, that there were perverse judgments. All of these things were happening. He was saying the justice system was falling apart. What does that sound like? Does that sound like today? Does that sound like what's happening now? I mean, the world's going to hell in a handbasket? I said hell twice. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about literal hell, but... So, we have to say, in everything that's going on, we have the peace. We have the love. We carry the presence of God and the kingdom of God in us. And we can cause peace to happen anywhere we go. Anywhere we go, just saying that. And we can change how we address things. Wonder Woman, and I don't know if you guys like movies, but I love movies. The whole Wonder Woman movie, the recent one, was about the God of chaos. Well, what are we in? Are we in chaos? Mm -hmm. You know, if you thought there was a God of chaos, I'd say he's been released. I'm not saying there is. Don't get me. Don't say, oh, she's talking about God stuff. No, I'm not. I'm saying that a spirit of chaos has been released in this land all over the world. It's chaos. Wonder Woman said at the very end, she said, love conquers chaos. Mm -hmm. Love conquers chaos. doesn't matter where you stand politically. If you truly can find a love in your heart for that person, you conquer it. Because that person is a creation of God. I don't care what they're doing at the time. I don't care what they're not doing. I don't care what they're saying or how they're saying it. They are a creation of God, and they deserve to be loved. Okay? Just saying that. Not always easy. Not saying it's easy. It's not. This is how Habakkuk prayed in 3-2. Oh, Lord, revive your work. Revive us. We're actually in a group called Revive the Way. Revive us. Revive our hearts. Revive our spirits. Revive us. 
in wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. 17 and 19, I'm paraphrasing. Even though the world seems to be crumbling, and it does, it's, it seems to literally be crumbling around us. Habakkuk said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the salvation of my God. And if he were going to preach, he would say, I know that I know that I know that everything is happening. There is salvation in it. The Lord is going to come and he's going to bring something out of this. He's going to make something that the enemy meant for evil into something amazing. And you know what that is? That is us. That is the kingdom. That is his chosen ones that we're going to rise up out of the desert. We're going to rise up with the spirit of God in us like never before. And we're going to start loving people. And we're going to go into these places. And I'm not telling you to, but if God tells you to go where there's rioting, where there's everything. And we're going to walk in the presence of God and it's going to stop. You're going to walk into a place and start praying for people and they're going to get healed. People are going to get saved. You're going to prophesy to them things that nobody knew but God. And I'm not saying everyone's a prophet, but you've got prophecy in you. That's part of your identity. It's part of your kingdom purpose. It's in you. It's in you. Let it come out. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the joy of my salvation because he is a salvation God. He is a healing God. He is a delivering God. He is our strength, and he makes me walk on high hills. That's what was given to me 25 years ago. The Lord God is your strength, and he makes you walk on high hills. High in the kingdom realm. Not down here in the circumstances in the muck and mire. Come up higher. Come up higher. Every situation in your life, come up higher. What's the kingdom purpose here? What is the Lord saying? Not what I think. What is God saying? Effective prayers. I did a prayer teaching years ago about on James 5. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What do you think effective prayers are? L.A., you did good before. What about, what do you guys think? I'm going to call on you. What are effective prayers? The Lord's prayers. The Lord's will. Humbling yourself. Somebody said. Humbling yourself. Good. Praying the Bible. Praying. Oh, that's good. I don't know who said that. You get two points, whoever you are. I can't see. So I'm going to touch just a minute on that praying the word. Most of you know Ephesians 5, the sword of the spirit, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, your loins girded with truth, your feet shot with the preparation of gospel peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit which is the Word of God. Now, if you want to preach the devil's sermon or you want to preach some kind of spirit sermons, you start preaching the Word because they can't stand it. They can't stand it. When you start using Scripture, they go. Okay? So, good job, whoever that was. That, he gets 10 points. That's a bonus there. He's with Revival LA, just FYI. <laughs> Take that. I'm, hey, I don't blame you. 
I'd be honored to. So, yes, you're all correct. It's prayers. What are effective prayers? They're prayers that incorporate discernment, listening, seeing, and Papa God's purpose. Discernment is also, I think, a lot of lost art. And why? Because we don't understand it. Like when I walked in here, I felt love. That's discernment. But have you ever, you, you just know that you know, you know? So if there's something, I call it in your knower, in your spirit, and you're like, I just knew. That's discernment. That's discernment. Or you get around someone and you feel, you feel sad or you feel uh, uh, weepy. That's discernment for no reason. You know, you were fine and happy and going to get your coffee and it was really good and you were thinking about the day and then all of a sudden you pass by this person and you go, oh my God, I just feel so bad. That's discernment. God's showing you something. The first prayer, with, back with Spiritual Warfare Network, sometimes we come full circle. The first assignment, because I felt like I was supposed to be a part of the team and Chuck Pierce, again, if you don't know him, you can look him up. Chuck Pierce was the prayer leader. It was the second annual spiritual warfare conference. And the Lord said, go to Chuck Pierce and tell him you're supposed to be part of the team. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. No way. No way. I am not doing that. I said, okay, Lord. I heard it like three times. Okay, Lord, if I see Chuck Pierce walking down the aisle, then I'll ask him. Well, here he comes. You know, his smiling. Hey, Paul, how are you? I was like, oh, Lord. So I asked. He said, yes. My first assignment was in Jerusalem, and huh, there's all these prayer leaders. I mean, like these major, like they all have national prayer ministries, and I'm just me. I belong to, you know, a little church somewhere. I don't even, I'm not even a prayer leader. I'm nothing. So I'm just sitting there thinking, what am I doing here? So I get to, to Jerusalem, and the spirit of, rejection was so strong that I could do nothing but weep. I was like, what is wrong with me? Something bad is wrong with me. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of all these things that's, that I've done or said or whatever. And I was just, oh my God, I hate this. I just want to go home. Forget being part of Spiritual Warfare Network. Just take me home. The whole idea, I mean, the reason that we were there, they were bringing uh, messianic Jewish believers together, and Arab Christians for the first time. Peter Wagner was a staunch historian, as we know it, the first time ever public meeting. So we had three days as part of the intercession team in a hotel room. That's all that we, we that's the only way we ever did it. We didn't get to go out and be with the people. We had to be in hotel rooms all the time, praying for three days and, and nights while they were in another room talking about this. That's how serious it was. Got on the stage and it almost didn't happen. But Peter humbled himself and started washing their feet. He went up to kingdom and became the servant as the leader of the whole thing. Now, I'm telling you all that to say my discernment was picking up the rejection of both the Arab believers and the Jewish believers, both of them, on both sides, lots and lots of rejection. And I was picking that up. My spirit was interceding for that in the kingdom realm 
but my thoughts, my imagination, my carnal man was trying to internalize it. So I just want to encourage you guys, when you feel things, it may be something in you, but ask the Lord, is this me or is this you? Are you trying to show me something? So, you know, if the spirit of suicide comes on you and you've never thought about suicide, then nine times out of ten, the Lord has you praying for someone. But talk to people. I mean, that was a bad, that was a really bad experience. As a counselor, I know better than that. So don't forget, forget, I narrow back up. No, I didn't say that. No, but you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's because the Lord is trying to teach you something and show you something, and he wants you to discern what his will is. I love Holy Ghost dogs. He's a Holy Ghost dog. <laughs> so we come outside of who we are, what we think, or what we feel, and we enter into the kingdom. James 5, 16 and 17 says the effectual, that Greek word, energeo, means working of power with effectual results. I'm going to talk about the Holy Ghost and power. They said, they being the disciples, said, probably in a gathering like this, that you will be filled with the Holy Ghost from on high, and you will be infused with power. I want power. I want Holy Ghost power that changes people, that changes circumstances, that changes nations. What about y'all? I mean, I know you do. That's why you're here. So that's what intergeo to me means. Prior, now this is a key, prior to this, this verse, James talks a lot about the heart and about forgiving one another, about judging, about offending one another, about harnessing our tongue. I don't know about y'all, but my tongue can get away from me. I was just telling Rayma about a situation yesterday of this guy that, Anyway, he was watching a baby, and he's on drugs. And I was like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, that's probably not the most kingdom way to handle that. But I was angry. But, but then I did something and helped him. So I did come up to the kingdom. Thank you so much. But my tongue was not being very kingdom. I mean, most of y'all would have done it too, right? If you knew that a guy was there with a two-month-old baby, and he was on drugs and about to pass out, you would gotten mad too with righteous indignation, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but he talks about forgiving one another, not judging one another. Someone said the other day, they said, oh, you know, my, my granddaughter's saying she's a man, and I don't even want that in my house. I don't even want her in my house anymore. And I, I listened, and I said, well... How is she going to find out about Jesus if she doesn't come in your house? Religion would say, carnality would say, our own stuff would say, I don't want anything to do with that. But the kingdom says, no, let's get right up in it. Let's get right up in it. Let's bring them in. Every chance we get, let's love them. Love them where we're at. Not preach to them and say, well, the Bible says, bah, 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 bah. You know what? That's going to go right over their head. But when you say, hey, how you doing? How are you really doing? You want to go have a coffee? You don't have to preach to them. 
They don't need to be, they can turn on any televangelist and get preached to. They need love. Love conquers all. Love conquers all. That is the kingdom. And I must have gotten this in the notes, sorry. But it says, the subject line for James chapter 2 in the Passion Translation, my favorite, says the royal law of love excludes prejudice. No prejudice. I don't care who they are, where they've been, or what they've done. I don't care. Love conquers all. And when we get that, we're really, really operating kingdom. Right? Where would we be without love? I saw this billboard, never seen anything like this before, and you know it flipped my lid. <laughs> it was a Marines billboard, you know, that's why I flipped my lid. <laughs> yes! We're going to talk about war and it's going to be good. This is the caption. The war is won within. I was like, the dog. If the secular marine world, army world, is getting this, we better catch up. That's why a lot of things have happened that have happened. Because we've been so wrapped up in ourselves and what we're doing, what we think is right, and the way we think things need to happen instead of coming up to the kingdom. So, when I, when I was told to pray an hour, I was told to use the Lord's Prayer. And I would repeat the Lord's Prayer, and in about five minutes, I'm like, okay, what now? Now what do I do? And I can't sit still. I can't be quiet. So I started studying it. And I learned a lot about it from someone called Dr. Youngie Cho. He had the largest church at the time in the world in Korea. And he taught someone, an uh, American, about the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to go through it. This is the Passion Translation. The Lord's Prayer is about the posture of your heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart at? Our Father dwelling in heavenly realms. I'm reading this. Jesus said, pray like this. Be the center on which our lives turn. So he's the center, he's the axis, he's what everything else turns around. Be the center. Be the center. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider for all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we've done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. So I put the footnotes in. Um, all of you who are good students and have your notes pulled up. <laughs> I used to substitute teach. I love doing that. Uh, you're a good student anyway, but uh, probably. An alternative reading of the Aramaic text. This is the note on uh, Matthew 6-9. The Aramaic name for name is Shema. 
The word Shem is a word with multiple meanings. It can mean light, sound, or atmosphere. And I go back to where I said, you carry the presence within you. When you walk into a darkened space, a darkened room, a darkened area, you bring the light of his glory. Mm. Unless you're judging everybody in there. Mm. Unless you walked into a club and you're like, whoops, I can't be here. Well, maybe you shouldn't be, but maybe you should be. I know stories. I won't tell that story now, but I do know a good story about that. I can tell you about it later. Another time. It means sound, light, atmosphere. Placing a light like a lantern in an enclosed space magnifies the light. Right? It does. When you put a lantern, when you put a light in an enclosed space, it seems bright. This is the meaning here of God's name, being made sacred and magnified as we focus our lives on him. The Greek is, he's treated as holy. What does holy mean? We think set apart. Anybody else? Chad? I know Chad, so I can call on him. Chad, what does holy mean in your wordsmith world? Well, I mean, yeah, I just said, I just said set apart. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not copying, but that's what I said. <laughs> set apart. So how do you think that relates to, to the Lord? The Lord is holy, right? So what does that mean in terms of the Lord and holy? Anybody? There's nothing else like him. It's one of a kind. So holy is being set apart. That is true. But it's also, he is righteous. He's the blessed for our righteousness, right? How do we... Have righteousness. Imputed. Imputed. What? Receive. What's imputed mean? Sorry. It means it's like bestowed upon us. That's what they said, so I don't know if you guys heard that. So, another very simple explanation of righteousness is right standing. Right standing. Very simple. When you're standing right with the Lord, when you're out of you and into Him, when it's about Him and not about us, then you're in right standing. And then we can understand Him and His holiness. Who He is as a holy God. Who He is as someone that can't be harmed or touched and he is stronger than strong he's greater than great he's bigger than big and nothing nothing can come between you and God unless we allow it nothing because he is a holy God <clears throat> Matthew 6:10 or come and begin your kingdom reign we learn to reign with this kingdom the difference between kingdom and earthly, when our lives are not our own, and we move from selfish, ambitious prayers to prayers of hope, faith, revelation, wisdom, and strength. Give us this day our daily bread. The bread is a metaphor of our physical, spiritual, and emotional needs. If we can see God not only as holy, not only as the one who saved us in our salvation, but we can see him 
as our soulmate, as the intimate bridegroom that he is, everything will change. I didn't get that revelation for a long time. I was works, works, works. I could, you know, I could travel. I could do this. I was like, um, there was an old school commercial about I can bring home the bacon and frying up in the pan and all that. Y'all don't remember that because you're not as old as I am, and that's okay. But that was me. But then, in a very broken place, I discovered Jesus as a husband, mm-hmm. as my provider as the one to whom my heart belongs. And everything changed. Everything changed. I realized who I was to him. Many, many, many times the Lord would say, Paula, do you know who you are to me? Oh, yes, Lord. And I would name off all these things. I miss and I miss and I miss. But I missed it. Because I was thinking I was all this, when really all he wanted was my heart. He wanted my heart. He wanted my undivided devotion at that time, at that moment. He wanted to be in love with me. He wanted me to be in love with him like he was in love with me as his bridegroom. I mean, as his bride. That's the spiritual and emotional side of things that I think this verse is talking about. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says, I pray the Father of the glory of, of the God of our Lord Jesus would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, which is the Holy Spirit, both of them, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. You can't know Jesus as your provider and your husband without a revelation of who he is and then you know who you are and then your identity comes and then you become a kingdom prayer a kingdom worker then the kingdom comes and his will is done Hmm. Uh, and last but not least Matthew 6 12, send away the results of our debts, our shortcomings. He's saying here, the translator is saying, used as a metaphor for our sins. The Aramaic can be translated, give us serenity as we also allow others serenity, peace. There's something, there's a technique that I believe has just been revealed for the ages, for the time we're in. It's called resting in war. You can have war all around you, but you can be in such a peaceful place with God in your identity that it doesn't affect you. And not only that, but you can go into war on a situation, in a place, in a circumstances, in a way that you never had before. You know why? Because it's not you. Because you know when you go to face that situation or that spirit or that person or whatever it is, that it's not you going, but it is the spirit of the Most High God that is in you and through you because you've been dying and breaking and getting all this stuff out of the way, and it's Him that comes. And I feel like that when that happens, I asked the Lord a long time ago, I said, when I enter in a situation, I want it to be that when the enemy sees me, when the demonic forces see me, they don't see me. 
They see Jesus and they don't know who they're dealing with. They don't know if it's me or Jesus. Hallelujah. Then the war's won. So when you get to that place in peace, it's not a striving. It is a place of knowing that you know that you know that the war is his and he's won it. And it brings grace and mercy and peace for ourselves and for others. So I want to, I don't know, Rama's gone. There's Rama. Oh, there she is. Rama, I want to do this, um, because uh, we're going to leave with this about the kingdom identity. I've talked some about it, but we're really going to focus on it the next time about your identity. And again, I love movies. Lord of the Rings, my favorite movie ever. Lord of the Rings! How many Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Read The Hobbit in high school in the 70s, just saying. Then read all the rest of them about three times, just saying, before the Lord of the Rings movie ever came out. Calling him into his identity. Calling him into his identity. He said, the man who can will this sword, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that's what we're saying today, can take and win. He told him, he said, you're going into battle. And that's a lot of what we've been doing, I've been doing, we've all been doing. But you're not going to win the war. You're not going to win. Because you don't know who you really are. You're not walking in who you really are. Put aside the ranger, because he was, he, he was traveling, for those of you, I know some of you really know this, but he was traveling all over, kind of helping people out. He wasn't walking in his identity as a king to lead an army. He wasn't walking in who he was created to be. Put that aside. Take up the sword of the Spirit, and you win. So, I'm not sure how, how exactly how we're going to do this, but uh, I want you guys to look at, go back to, full circle, to 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6. In each of your small groups, think of three things you want to focus on to pray. Y'all look at your handout. You got it. You got it. I know you do. And then pray using kingdom principles. And then we're going to kind of bring it out. And then we're going to, I want each one of you that can unmute yourselves to pray into one of the things that the Lord was showing you. And those of you who think, oh, I can't pray out loud. It'll be silly. Don't do that. And if you can... And you want to, you can have someone take notes about what you guys prayed about. Okay? So we're going to, I guess, kind of break up, as it were, or, or mute ourselves, whatever. And then we'll come back together in, what, how, where is our end in time? Intimates. Oh. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, I did all that. I didn't mean to. I, we were supposed to do like 40 minutes of activation. That's okay. We'll do it next time. Uh, we'll do more activation next time. So take five minutes and then come back and... We'll see kind of what everybody came up with. Okay. So what in the group they're supposed to all in the be group, together? Right? Yep. Yep. Just pray together. Three things. Uh, or just take one. Because yeah, we only have one. ten minutes, just take one thing. And use the second Corinthians ten, five, and six and and pray. And then we'll come back together in five minutes and talk about it. How about that? Does anyone have any questions before we before we start, do you have a are question? We, unmute yourself. Are we just taking away from Second Corinthians 
whatever the passage says, and we're just praying into that. So, so yeah, pray that word. Pray that word. I love it. I love it. I did. I I pray like that. I did intensify it a little bit, but that's that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean you can have someone soft mm-hmm. that carries a big stick that can pray just as powerful prayer. I'm not soft, so I never. I do, I do get emotional and pray like that sometimes, but just, just say it. But you guys have it. You have it. But what we have to do constantly is not just think, well, you know, I know how to pray the word. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. But keep examining your hearts. Keep examining your hearts to say, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? It may be a good thing, but it may not be a God thing. Can we give everybody who's listening here an example of like the topic that we brought up, then the different ways that mm-hmm. we prayed? That's really good. So that they yeah. can understand, you know, if yeah, well, no matter what they did in their spot, that they understand kind of the progress that we absolutely. So uh, Raymond's asking. So what we prayed about um, was the spirit of fear in the city, which can be prayed all over the world, and. Uh, Ryan just started praying the word. He started praying the spirit of fear. Uh, God's not given us a spirit of fear out of Second Timothy, but a power and of love and a sound mind. And then Courtney prayed. Um, Courtney, what'd you pray? <laughs> she prayed Philippians four. It was good. She prayed the word, which goes back to what we're talking about about the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit. That's our weapon. That's our war. And then. You know, me being the forceful, kind of loud mouth that I am, I just, I went into war regarding the spirit. Now, I didn't personally come against the spirit of fear. But what I did is I asked the Lord to come and rebuke the spirit of fear and to bring in the angels to stop it. And that people would begin to feel the peace and the presence of the Lord, even if they don't understand it. They may not have ever given their hearts to the Lord, but they can still feel the peace and the presence of God. And I also pray that every step that we take in this city leaves peace. You know, people can just walk into a room and feel it. And that's what we want. And that's why we want kingdom. And you may pray just as powerful of a warfare prayer that I did and not have to get all all um, sergeant or, or, or <laughs> lieutenant or, you know, that's what I do. But you don't have to. But yours can be just as powerful. So the main thing is we just let go. Keep. It's not a one-time thing, folks. It is not a one-time thing. You don't just get all... Uh, cleaned up and fixed, and then you're good. It's really a daily thing. So that's what we want to do is keep keep letting go, keep casting down imaginations, and keep going up higher. Okay? Do you Amen. Do assignments for us this week? Maybe yes. I want you to practice these things that we just talked about and ask the Lord, how would you want me to pray? If I know someone that's... Uh, very depressed, which there are a lot of depressed people around us. How would you like for me to pray? And I'm don't you know don't get out there. I come against the spirit of depression. Blah blah blah. You can if that's what the Lord's telling you. 
But really, that's not as effective as coming up and saying, Lord, how do you want to pray? Because maybe he wants to pray something very different for them. Maybe he's going to give you insight to that person and what's going on in their lives or that situation or that circumstance. You know, you have someone that just can't seem to hold a job. You know, they get in, it has nothing to do with intellect. It has, they just can't seem to hold a job. Ask the Lord how to pray. So think of one thing or three this week that you can pray about using these principles that we talked about today. And then come back and record it if you can. If you want to use a, you know, your phone and record it or if you're a writer, whatever. But something. And then, <clears throat> and then just send them to Rama. And I'd love to have them before. What is the central at Revive the Way? Yeah. Is the email central? The central email. The central email at Revive the Way. And then I think it's going to be a couple of weeks that I'm going to be doing this again. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it. And I may be in a different location then. Okay? Thank you, guys. I want to come to L.A. too. I want to come everywhere. <laughs> I told you we'd fly you out there. I know. We have, I have kids in Berkeley, just saying. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. 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 All right, well, thank you, Paula. And then thank you, everybody that was joining from our other homes. Love you guys. Um, this week, the, the notes will stay in the app. So if you, you, know, you want to go back through the notes at all, um, if you have any questions, um, then you can also send an email and ask any questions if this week as you're praying through the three things and for everybody's um, kind of assignment for this week is to pick three things and then ask God, kind of go up higher, right? How am I going to pray? And then pray into those things, bring it back, send it in or send it in and bring it back. And then we're going to, you know, go back through it next week. But um, yeah, thank you so much to Paula and um, look forward to catching up with everybody again next week. Um, and we will see you all later. So have a great, have a great Sunday. Bye. 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 Bye.